0: From the K Rob collection, this is Audio Antiques, featuring programs from the golden age of American radio. I'm Ken Robinson. She's one of the most celebrated entertainers in American history. Lucille Desiree Ball was an actress, comedian, model, studio executive, and producer, but she's best known as the star of the wildly popular classic TV show, I Love Lucy. Before her long career on television began, Lucy had a successful radio career during the medium's golden age, in addition to occasional roles on stage and screen. We're going to hear Lucille Ball in a 1948 episode from her long-running radio sitcom, My Favorite Husband, which I Love Lucy was patterned after. We'll hear her perform on a 1951 episode of Screen Director's Playhouse. And finally, in a 1944 dramatic role on the legendary radio series, Suspense. It all starts right after this break. Are you tired of your $50 to $100 per month cell phone bill? Well, come on over to Mint Mobile. I've been with Mint Mobile for years, and I get all the talk, text, and data I need for just $15 a month. You've seen their commercials on TV. Just go to their website, pick the best plan for you, and they will send you a SIM card, insert it into your phone, and start saving. You can even keep your same number.
1: Mint Mobile where you get talk, data, and text for just $15 a month. Get more information from krobcollection.com.
0: And like me, you can get talk, text, and data for as little as $15 a month at Mint Mobile.
2: We present Lucille Ball in My Favorite Husband, a new series based on the delightful stories of Isabel Scott Rorick's gay, sophisticated Mr. and Mrs. Cougott, two people who live together and like it, starring Miss Ball with Richard Denning. <laughs> Let's look in on the Cougats and see what they're doing. It is morning, and Katie, the maid, has just put breakfast on the table. And George and Liz are sitting down to it. Hmm, that coffee smells good.
3: Paper's right in front of you, George. Why don't you read it?
2: Oh,
4: no. As soon as I pick it up, you'll start your usual squawking about not seeing my face at the breakfast table.
3: No, I won't, George, honest.
4: Well, this should be interesting. Liz, you tore a hole in the paper.
3: Yeah, I get to see your face at breakfast, and you get to read the paper. See? Okay.
4: How can I read with a hole in the paper?
3: Well, read around it. Oh. I all the little pieces I tore out, and you can read what you missed later. Great. Right. <laughs> I'm looking at you through an automobile ad.
4: Well, what's so funny about that?
3: <laughs> the new Nash has blue eyes for headlights. Oh, yeah. <laughs> your ears look like both doors are wide open.
4: (laughs) Well, I'm glad you find it amusing. Uh, Katie, may I have some more coffee, please?
3: Uh, Certainly, Mr. Kugat. Oh, what happened to the paper? Did the dog get at it?
4: No, the cat.
3: (laughs) I did it, Katie. I had to because he's always reading at the table and never knows I'm here. Good for you. I had the same trouble with my first husband, Clarence. One morning, I put an old floor mop on the chair to see if he'd notice the difference. Did he? Yes, he complimented me on my new hairdo. (laughs) Then I did something awful. I set fire to his paper. Well, that must have burned him up. Oh, Mrs. (laughs) Kuba. Pretty bad, huh? Well, it's early in the morning. Well, you're (laughs) excused.
4: Hey, look here, a story about my old girlfriend, Myra Ponsonby.
3: Well, we haven't heard from her in ages. What does she say is new in Lower Slobovia? <laughs>
4: there you go again. Just cuz I went around with her in college is no reason to be jealous.
3: I'm not jealous. I just wish she'd drop dead, that's all. <laughs>
4: Liz, you sound so bitter.
3: I am. There isn't room for both of us in the same town.
4: Well, better watch what you say, Liz. You may have to move. After all, they're still writing news stories about Myra.
3: Why? What happened to dear old Myra, I hope?
4: Well, she's driving into town from her country place.
3: Well, now that ought to crowd the United Nations off the front page.
4: It says she has a new imported car called a zebra. The upholstery is bright yellow with black streaks.
3: Must have bought it to match her hair. Oh,
4: now you're really being
5: catty.
3: I am not. I'm glad she got a car. It was dangerous flying around on that broomstick.
4: I'd sure like to see that car.
3: So would I. I'd like to see it run over a cliff.
4: Oh, don't worry about Myra. She's a wonderful driver. Hmm. Why, she drives like she was part of the car.
3: I know. She rides a horse the same way. <laughs>
4: very funny. I wonder if her husband, Minky, is coming with him.
3: Mr. Minky, the peanut king. Oh, that poor little man.
4: He seems very happy with Myra.
3: Happy? She doesn't pay attention to anything but his money. The only excitement he gets is going down to the warehouse and running barefoot through his goobers. <laughs> Now, listen,
4: Liz, Myra... Oh,
3: Myra Schmyra, Myra this, Myra that. Myra's a wonderful driver. Well, I could be a wonderful driver, too, if I knew how to drive.
2: Yeah, that would help.
3: George, Mm. give me another lesson.
4: Oh, no, thank you.
3: Mm. You haven't given me a driving lesson since last May.
4: I know, and I just stopped shaking this morning.
3: (laughs) Well, I wasn't so bad. All I did was forget to turn and went straight... Would have been all right if we weren't on a dead-end street.
4: Oh, it was such a beautiful car. I miss it. You know, it's still stuck in that house, Liz.
3: It is? Yeah. I bet they're the only people in town with a new Hudson in the kitchen. Oh, George, give me another lesson.
4: No. The answer is no. Absolutely No. <laughs> Okay, Liz. There isn't much traffic on this back road. I guess you can start driving now.
3: All right, George. Um, I have a confession to make. Mm-hmm. While I was waiting for you to come home, I sort of practiced in the driveway. Oh,
4: good. Uh, you remember what you did?
3: Oh, yes, yes. I turned on the ignition. I pressed the starter button. I shifted into first. I stepped on the gas, and I let out the clutch. Huh. Did I forget anything, George? Not a thing. That's how much you know. I forgot to open the garage doors.
4: Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Well, I said I'd do it, and I'm going through with it. Go ahead
3: and drive. All right, here I go. I push the starter button like this. George, the starter button's broken.
4: No, it isn't.
3: Well, then why doesn't it start?
4: Push it in long enough, and you'll find out.
3: But nothing. Ha- oh! Why did it get hot?
4: Because it's the cigarette lighter.
3: Oh, what a dirty trick. Now, don't tell me. Don't tell me. Is this it?
4: Try it. See.
3: Okay. Well, must be broke. That was the radio.
6: (laughs)
4: Yeah. Now, uh... I don't want to suggest anything radical, but uh, what do you think that little button that says starter is for? Hmm?
3: Oh, yes, I'm excited. Here we go. (laughs) (sighs) Hooray! It started.
4: congratulations.
3: Why aren't we going?
4: Well, you, you forgot a little thing called putting it in gear.
3: Oh, that. No, no, no! Am I doing something wrong, George?
5: Throw out the clutch! It. Nothing.
3: Well, then why should I throw it out? Step on the clutch. Push it in. Well, why didn't you say so? My goodness, you get so excited. I'm not excited. And what's that white stuff around your mouth?
4: Just a little foam. Now, now you have the clutch out and the motor on. Hmm? Shift into low.
3: Now wait a minute. Low is up here, isn't it? No. Oh, I know. Down here. Uh, up here?
4: There's only one place left.
3: Oh, it's here. There. Now what do I do?
4: Let the clutch out.
3: Okay. Oops. What happened? George, say something. Wait till I
4: get my head out of the back
3: seat. <laughs> I
4: think my neck is broken.
3: You know, this car doesn't work very well.
4: Start it again. I'll brace myself.
3: All right. I made it. How am I driving, George?
4: Fine. Except for one little thing. What's that? You're driving on the wrong side of the road.
3: Well, what's the difference? There aren't any cars coming.
4: Well, as a favor to me and the insurance company, will you please pull over?
3: Well, I'd be delighted.
4: Well, go ahead. Here comes a car. No, wait. Stay on this side. He's going around you. Boom.
3: What a reckless driver. He shouldn't have gone up on two wheels like that.
4: Liz, let's come to a stop.
3: All right. What do I do?
4: Put your hand out. Signal for a stop. Okay. Shift into neutral.
3: Okay. Liz, you
4: almost hit that tree.
3: Why did you take both hands off the wheel? You told me to. I did not. You did, too. You told me to shift with my right hand and signal with my left, and I didn't have any hands left over What do you think I am, an octopus? No! You're making a nervous wreck out of me! Oh, Cory, do you really think I'll pass my driver's license test? Why not?
5: You have the best teacher in the world, old Professor Cartwright himself.
3: I promise you won't tell George you helped me.
5: Huh? Oh, I won't let on. I'll tell him my hair suddenly turned white without any reason.
3: <laughs> Did I frighten you when I went between those two cars?
5: Well, I was watching pretty closely.
3: Well, I'm glad one of us was watching. I had my eyes closed. <laughs> well, you
5: better keep them open when you take your test.
3: I guess I'll go in now while I have my nerve. Why don't you go get a bite to eat?
5: Oh, I couldn't eat a thing. I already have something in my mouth. What? What? my heart. Good luck, Liz. Keep
3: your fingers crossed for me. Let's see now. When you hear a siren, you pull over and let it go by. You can pass a streetcar on the right at 15 miles an hour... I wonder how fast you can pass it on the left. Yes? Oh, how do you do? I'd like to get a driver's license, please.
4: All right. Uh, name, please? Elizabeth Cougar. Address?
3: 321 Bundy. Uh-huh. Race? Of course not. I don't even have a driver's license.
4: I uh, think this is going to be one of my bad days. How much do you weigh? Guess. 285
3: Very amusing 118
4: How old are you? 21 21. I haven't missed on that one in a long time You know, it's funny, but there are no women drivers in the United States over 21
3: May I have my license now? Not
5: yet How tall are you?
3: What's this got to do with driving? Why are you asking all these questions?
5: We want to find out what size car you'll wear. How tall?
3: With heels or in my stocking feet? Well, what's the difference? About three inches. I'm five six without them. Yeah. Eyes? Yes, two. Blue. Thank you. And red. What? My hair is red. That's the next question, isn't it? Naturally. Well, just a little henna rinse now and then.
4: Well, the fingerprint and that does it. Give me your right thumb, please. What for? I want to hitch a ride home, and mine is tired. (laughs) I'm going to take your fingerprint.
3: I don't want to put my thumb in that dirty old ink. Now, this won't hurt a bit. No, I I don't want to put my thumb in in the ink. ink. (laughs) (sighs) Well, did you get my fingerprint?
4: Yes. Right on the end of my nose.
3: (laughs) (laughs) What are you laughing at? I'm happy. This
4: is my last day on this detail They're moving me over to the homicide squad Where things will be nice and peaceful
3: Congratulations Now may I have my license?
4: No, let's just test your eyes Now I'll hold this white card over your eye And you tell me what you see
3: A white card Now what do you see out of the other eye? Nothing Why not? It's closed Well open Now uh,
4: read those letters on the wall over there
3: Okay Okay M-E-N. Not on the door! On the
6: floor!
4: (laughs) Oh, never mind. Go ahead on to the driving part of the test. You're not going to pass that.
3: What makes you so sure?
4: I know the man who's going to give you the test. Oh, who is it? Me.
3: Oh. (laughs) I can drive anywhere now, Corey. I got a license.
5: Well, I'm proud of you, Liz. It certainly didn't take you long.
3: No, no. He was very sweet. As soon as he saw how I drove the car around the block, we sort of made a bargain. How do you mean? Well, he said he'd give me my license if I'd let him out of the car. <laughs>
0: I
5: know how he felt.
3: Oh, there's nothing to driving, Corey. It's simple. Uh,
5: Liz, I think that car is going to turn in front of us.
3: Where? Oh, my goodness. I can't remember the difference. Between what? I can't remember the difference between the clutch... (laughs) And the brake. Oh, smoke.
5: Are you all right, Liz?
3: Yes, but the car, it's ruined.
5: Well, I'll get out and see what the damage is. The other car seems to be all right.
3: Well, I might have known. Look. It's a dumb woman driver.
5: You better just sit here in the car, Liz.
3: Oh, no, I won't. I want to have a word with this character. But, Liz, it
5: was your fault.
3: How could it be my fault? I wasn't even looking at her.
5: Well, watch what you say,
3: then. I'll be very polite. Pardon me, madam, but do you by any chance happen to be the stupid dame who just smashed into me? Look, honey, you had plenty of time to stop. When did you get your driver's license? This morning? No, this afternoon. Why didn't you give a signal? I did. I know I had my hand out the window. I was drying my nail polish. So there. Oh, you're too fat anyway. If you're going to take that kind of an attitude, I'll just have to get an impartial witness. All right. We'll ask this kindly old gentleman standing on the corner Uh, tell me, impartial witness Did you see the accident?
5: Liz, you know very well I was with you Oh, Corey,
3: what's the matter with you? <laughs> well, I've had enough I, I've taken your license number You'll hear from my lawyer and the police Goodbye Goodbye, fatso Corey, oh, yeah. <laughs> just look at our car What's George going to say? The body's all smashed, the fenders are knocked off, and the back of the car's a mess.
5: Well, maybe you don't have to let George know. If you want me to, I'll call my garage, and they'll fix it for you. Oh,
3: would you, Corey? You're a pal. Now, you call me as soon as you know how much it'll be. While well, you're about it, see if they can fix a cracked head.
5: Well, how did you know the car had a cracked head?
3: I didn't. I was thinking about me if George finds out. <laughs>
4: is that you Liz?
3: yes dear did you get your driver's license yes how'd you know
4: oh some fella from the bank saw you over there oh well you're a full-fledged driver mm-hmm. where's the car
3: uh it's in the garage
4: Oh, put it away, huh? mm-hmm. I was going down and, uh, count the fenders.
3: <laughs>
4: I'd be surprised if I found all four of them. So would I. <laughs> well, you've got to expect a little kidding when you first learn, Liz. <laughs> I
3: know. Is dinner ready?
4: Yeah, not yet. Say, did you see the paper tonight? No, why? There was some bad news. Myra Ponsonby's missing.
3: Oh, really? What was the bad news?
4: No, I'm serious She should have been in town this morning And nobody knows what's happened to her Minky called the police He's afraid somebody made off with her
3: Well, if somebody made off with her It serves them right
4: Oh, Liz, I'm surprised at you Myra's very life may be in danger Mm -hmm. Minky's offered a reward Ten thousand
3: Dollars or peanuts?
4: Very funny But I I don't understand it She, She just disappeared into thin air
3: Do you mind if we talk about something else?
4: Uh, I even started to worry about you. What made you so late getting home?
3: Late? Oh, I was just late.
4: Well, I I thought maybe you'd run into an old friend.
3: No, it was a stranger.
4: (laughs) Honey, you're acting funny, like like you'd done something wrong.
3: Me? (laughs) That's a laugh. Liz, are you hiding something? I'll get it. Hello? Oh, I've been waiting for you to call. Just a minute. George, would you get my coat for me? I'm cold.
4: You're wearing it.
3: Oh, well, would you hang it in the hall closet for me? I'm warm. (laughs) Do you feel all right, Liz? Yes, I'm fine. Just take it out to the closet like a good boy. All right. Thank you. Gee, I'm glad you called.
4: Is everything all
3: right? Oh, Katie. Yes,
4: sir? I'm worried about Mrs. Cougat. She's acting so strangely. Katie, if a person you love is in trouble, it isn't wrong to eavesdrop, is it?
3: Yes, it is.
4: I knew you'd agree with me.
3: Well, I won't be any party to this. Oh, you haven't any idea how guilty I feel. Every time I see a policeman, I almost die.
4: Police? She must be in trouble. No,
3: George doesn't know yet, and when he does, murder. Murder? Really? Gosh, I didn't think I hit her that hard. The body must be all banged up. body? You know how George felt about that old wreck.
4: Liz has done away with
3: Myra. Listen, that wasn't the first time she'd been hit. Did you see all those dents in her trunk?
4: Oh, no. How could she do it?
3: And her rear bumper was in pretty bad shape, too. Oh,
4: poor Myra.
3: Wasn't it awful? I thought she'd never stop yelling. And all I did was hit her with the front wheels. <laughs> yes. Yes, I picked up all the parts that fell off and put them in the back seat. Oh. Well, thanks for taking care of everything. Now, don't call me again. I'll call you when George isn't around. Liz. Yes, George?
4: Liz, I'm going down and look in the garage.
3: Oh, no, you mustn't.
4: I thought so. Is it because of what I'll find down there?
3: Yes. I didn't want you to know.
4: Oh, Liz, baby. You're in terrible trouble. I am? Yes. And I want you to know that no matter what happened, I'll stick
3: by you. Well, thanks, George. But aren't you getting a little dramatic about this? Dramatic? Yeah, I just smacked her in the back when she wasn't looking.
4: Liz, you, you don't know what you're saying. And to think I drove you to this.
3: Oh, you did not. I drove myself. <laughs>
4: oh, you're just trying to save me. Oh, oh, look. Here comes a policeman.
3: Well, what do you suppose he wants?
4: He's after you.
3: Do you really think so? For a little thing like that? Little
4: thing? You, you could get the chair for that.
3: I could? Oh. Gosh, I'm glad I didn't go through a red light. <laughs>
4: Look, you go hide in the kitchen, and, and I'll tell them you've left for Mexico.
3: Si, Senor, I'll go like you told me. Oh, how can you <laughs> joke at a time like this?
7: Mr. Cougan? Yes. Sergeant Lewis, Homicide Squad.
4: Uh, you're on the wrong trail, Sergeant. She isn't here. She's she's gone to Mexico.
7: Oh no! Just a minute, Mr. Kugan. Uh, she's huh?
4: innocent. She she didn't even know my Rapunzel. Bee. And besides, she's insane. She must be. She married me. We're both insane.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Kugat, if you
7: don't mind... i will never be.
4: convict her. I'll fight this in every court of the land.
7: Mr. Kugat, I just came here to make a routine check. But suppose you tell me what you know about this case. Who is this she you're talking about? Pardon
3: me, Mrs. Kugat. Who's in the living room? A policeman, Katie. He came to arrest me. Arrest? you? What for? For having a little accident this afternoon. My goodness, George acts like I killed somebody. He told me to hide in the kitchen until the police were gone. Oh, it's certainly wonderful of Mr. Cougat to shield you like this. I know. I appreciate it, but it just doesn't seem right. I feel so sneaky cowering in the kitchen. Katie, I can't do it. Now, Mrs. Cougat, don't do anything you'll be sorry for. I can't help it. I've got to take my medicine. I'm going in there and give myself up.
7: I think you'd better come along with me, Mr. Cougott. This sounds mighty suspicious. Wait.
3: Hold everything. I confess. I'm guilty. Liz! I can't go on like this, George. I did it, and I've got to pay the penalty. Officer, put the bracelets on me.
4: Now, Liz, don't say a word until I get a lawyer. They can't prove a thing. <laughs>
7: Mrs. Cougat. Step up to the desk and the sergeant will get some information from you. All right. Now, what's your name?
3: (laughs) It's you again. Oh, hello. How do you like it here in homicide?
8: Everything's been dead up till now.
3: (laughs) Well, this is a very sweet little jail you have here.
4: Well, it's not much, but you'll call it home. Now, don't give me any trouble, lady. Just answer my questions. You ready?
3: I don't like you.
4: don't be fresh. This may mean your
3: life. Oh, George.
4: Okay, let's get this over with. What's your name?
3: Elizabeth Cougar. Address? 321 Bundy. Age? 21. How much do you weigh? 118. How much do you weigh? 195. Age? 32. Address? 410 Crescent. What's your name? Frank Nelson. Say, wait a minute! (laughs) Who's doing what
4: to who?
7: (laughs) Well, she got you that time, Frank. (laughs) Hey,
4: let me try. Oh, no. Nobody can do that to me. We'll try it again. What's your name?
3: Elizabeth Cougott.
4: Oh, no, that's how you got me last time. You
2: start.
3: All right. What's your name? Frank Nelson. Address? Fort Anne Age? 32. How much do you weigh? 195. How much do you weigh? Four pounds. Age? 85. Address? Gettysburg. What's your name? Abraham Lincoln. I knew I could do it. But, Frank,
4: you you didn't.
7: I did, too. Oh, yeah? What'd she say? (laughs) Now, 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 let me handle this. What's your name?
3: Elizabeth Cougar, what's your name? Martin Lewis. How do you do? This is Frank Nelson. How do you do?
7: How do you,
6: How do, you, do? you do? Wait a minute!
4: <laughs> now, please, Liz, let's not make things any worse. You're in deep enough as it is. Now, Mrs. Cougat, suppose you tell us the whole story of
7: what happened in your
4: own words. Don't say a word, Liz, until a lawyer gets here. Oh, what's the difference, George?
3: I was going along Main Street, and there she was, right in front of me, and before I could stop myself, I hit her.
7: Did she cry out?
3: She yelled her head off.
7: What did you do with the body?
3: I had them jack it up and haul it away in the truck uh,
4: didn't it give you goose flesh?
3: No Oh, well, I was a little nervous But after all, I just got my license
5: License? What is this, open season?
3: <laughs> now you listen to me, sister Okay, brother Don't brother me, sister Well, don't sister me, brother
7: <laughs> uh, hold it, hold it, hold it Lewis speaking What's that? Oh, you found Myra Ponsonby How's the body? Just say alive. Never mind the whistling. Yeah? Yeah, I got it okay. How do you like that? She's alive.
3: Yeah, darn it.
4: Where'd they find Myra?
7: She got arrested for speeding through a small town, and the sheriff threw her in jail.
3: (laughs) There, George. There's your wonderful driver for you. Put in jail, and all I had was a little wreck.
4: You had a wreck?
3: Of course. What did you think? Oh, my God. Goodness, you thought that I killed Myra. Oh! oh!
4: What's so funny?
3: Oh, I can't wait to get the car fixed. That's a wonderful idea. <laughs>
4: Liz, Hmm? for heaven's sakes, put down that book and turn out the light. It's almost two o'clock.
3: I've only got one more chapter to read, George. I've got to find out who committed the murder. I'm certain it was the upstairs maid.
4: No, it wasn't. It was the butler.
3: Oh, George, why did you tell me?
4: Well, now maybe you'll put out the light. Oh,
3: all right. George? Hmm? Are you sure it was the butler?
4: Yes, I'm positive. Now, now go to sleep.
3: Well, the way I had it figured When the crime was committed The upstairs maid was downstairs And the downstairs maid was upstairs Still, if the upstairs maid had seen the downstairs maid Coming up the front stairs She would have gone down the back stairs Of course, if the downstairs maid had come up the back stairs When the upstairs maid was coming down She'd have known the upstairs maid wasn't downstairs It's too bad they didn't have an elevator
4: honey Believe me, it was the butler. He killed his wife.
3: Oh. But why did he kill her?
4: He killed her because she talked too much when he was trying to go to sleep.
3: (laughs) Oh. Good night,
4: George.
2: You have just heard My Favorite Husband starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning. Also heard in tonight's cast were John Heestand, Ruth Parrott, Frank Nelson, B. Benadaret, and Herb Vigren. The program was produced and directed by Jess Oppenheimer, who wrote the script with Madeline Pugh and Bob Carroll, Jr. Original music was by Marlon Skiles and was conducted by Wilbur Hatch. And now stay tuned for The Camel Caravan, starring Vaughn Monroe. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
9: Screen Directors Playhouse, stars Lucille Ball, Robert Cummings... Production, Bachelor Mother, Director, Garson Kanin. This is the Screen Director's Playhouse, the Thursday night feature on NBC's all-star festival of comedy, music, mystery, and drama. Brought to you by the makers of Anison for fast relief from the pain of headache, neuritis, and neuralgia, By RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, first in television. And by Chesterfield, the cigarette that has for you what every smoker wants, mildness, plus no unpleasant aftertaste. The cigarette that brings you Bing Crosby and Bob Hope. Tonight, the Screen Director's Playhouse is pleased to present a classic in comedy. Here are Robert Cummings and Lucille Ball, starring in our adaptation of a play on laughter named Bachelor Mother. But before the first act, here's a message from the makers of Anison. If you suffer from pains of headaches, neuritis, or neuralgia, you should discover what many thousands have known for years that Anison brings incredibly fast, effective relief. Anison is like a doctor's prescription. That is, Anison contains not just one, but a combination of medically proven active ingredients in easy to take tablet form. Probably at some time you have received an envelope containing Anison tablets from your physician or dentist. Thousands of people have been introduced to Anison this way. Try Anison yourself the next time you suffer from the pains of a headache, neuritis, or neuralgia. You'll be delighted at how quickly relief can come. Anison is spelled A N A C I N. Your druggist has Anison in handy boxes of 12 and 30 tablets and economical family sized bottles of 50 and 100 for your medicine cabinet. Ask for Anison today. Now, the first act of Bachelor Mother, starring Lucille Ball as Polly Parrish and Robert Cummings as David Merlin.
3: Oh, madam, this is the toy department. You'll find the girdles behind ladies' dresses.
8: Hey, come, come, Miss Parrish. Your mechanical duck is running down.
3: I'm sorry, Mr. Hargraves. I was waiting on a customer.
8: You know the rules of the toy department, Miss Parrish? A mechanical duck must be kept in motion at all times.
3: Yes, Mr. Hargraves. Then
8: wind it up. Remember our slogan, Keep them quacky. (laughs)
3: How would you like a quack and a kisser? (laughs) Ah, don't let Hargraves get you, Polly. He's just a floor walker. I ought to put a bee in his boutonniere. Quack, quack, all the time. Quack, 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 quack. Listen to this little monster. (laughs) Well, tomorrow it'll be all over for you. Sure, I'm lucky to get fired. Sure. Some birthday present. Miss Parrish, Merlin and Son regrets to tell you the store is in the process of retrenchment. What's retrenchment? That's where they dig a hole in the ground and push you into it. <laughs> uh oh, here comes
10: Hargraves with the
3: boss's son. You better get that duck in motion. And
8: here, Mr. Merlin, is the duck counter. As you can see, <laughs> everything is in quite in good shape. Oh, yes, yes, very good shape. Especially the sales girl. If, this is our Miss Parrish. Miss Parrish, say hello to Mr. Merlin.
3: Hi, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Parrish. As long as I'm going to be fired, I may as well do it right.
11: Well, Miss Parrish, I wish there was some way the store could express its regrets. Uh, perhaps a little gift.
3: An extra week's pay?
11: No, no, I was thinking of a mechanical duck.
3: Oh, thanks, I'll fricassee it for breakfast
8: (laughs) Uh, Perhaps Mr. Merlin would like to look at the dolls
11: Dolls? Oh, no, the last doll I looked at cost me Mm. (laughs) $5,000 In lawyer's fees, you know
8: Uh, The doll department
11: What? Oh, yes, yes, the doll department Well, uh, Miss Parrish, goodbye and uh, good luck Come along, Hargrave
7: Hey, Polly, getting in with the boss's son,
11: oh, huh? Oh,
3: go away, Freddy.
7: Uh-uh, you can't talk to Merlin's handsomest stock clerk that way.
3: Handsome? You've got a face that'd stop a duck.
7: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you just don't like me.
3: It's not that, Freddy. It's just that every time I see you, I want to kick your teeth in.
7: <laughs> well, that's different.
3: Huh? Hey,
7: You want to (sighs) go dancing tomorrow night? No. With me? Not interested. It's a Charleston contest at the
3: Crystal Palace. Can't see it.
7: My best pal is one of the judges.
3: Means nothing.
7: Means we can split a first prize of 100
3: bucks. A hundred? Freddie, I was just saying to myself, I'd love to go dancing tomorrow night. Oh, Polly, my feet are killing me. Well, here comes the bus now. Mary, look, that old lady. She just left something on that doorstep. So what? It looks like... like a baby. (laughs) It is a baby. Well, it's none of our business. Come on, here's the bus. She's running away. Come on, we'll miss our bus. But, Mary, the bus, the baby... Golly, I'll get the next one. Poor little baby. (laughs) Hello there. Gee, I don't blame you for crying lying on that cold step. Now, is this better? (sighs) Somebody desert you, hmm? Wonder why she left you here.
10: Well, well, step right inside. Welcome to the Atkins foundling home.
3: What? Oh, I'll bet you think... Here, take the baby.
10: Well, just come in and we'll make out the papers. My name is uh, Mr. Meachie. <laughs> please take a chair.
3: Well, I'll take the chair if you'll take the baby.
10: Your name, please.
3: Polly Parrish. You spell it without a baby.
10: And uh, where are you employed?
3: Merlin and Sons, but tomorrow's the last day. I've been fired.
10: I see. And is that why you want to give us your baby?
3: My baby? Look, I got this baby while I was waiting for a bus.
10: (laughs) Do you uh, uh, wish to bring suit against the driver?
3: (laughs) Stand. I was waiting for a bus and... Look, Mr. Michi. I never saw this baby before. Here, take it.
10: Oh, very well. Uh, give it to me.
3: <laughs> oh, my. No. Oh, my goodness.
10: And you still insist it's not your baby?
3: My good man, when I want a family, I'll get one the hard way with a husband. <laughs> <laughs>
10: there, 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 there. Yes, yes, we know where your mother works And we'll get her back for you
11: (laughs) Uh, Good morning, Father, good morning, good morning
12: Mm -hmm. It's about time you got to the office
11: What kept you out until dawn this morning? I had an accident, I bumped into something What? Uh, A chorus girl named Gladys (laughs)
12: David, you can't keep this up Out every night with women and things
11: Things? Well, that describes Gladys, all right (laughs) Look, J.B., I I do my work, don't I? David, you know what I want You're my only child, and I want a grandson I'll talk to Gladys (laughs) In the uh, the meantime, J.B., here's the personnel report I promised you
12: why is this girl's name crossed off the list of dismissed employees?
11: Oh, uh, Polly Parrish. Oh, yes. Very sad story. Uh, it seems she has a baby. As near as I can figure, she got hit by a bus, and there it was. <laughs> <laughs> She's waiting up in my office now.
12: Baby. At least somebody has a
11: grandchild. Go out there and take care of her. Good. We'll uh, go over the rest of the report later. Well, well. So you're, uh, you're Mrs. Parrish.
3: Miss Parrish.
11: Miss Parrish? But you have a little, a little, a little... You know, it's
3: all right, Mr. Merlin. Anybody can make a mistake. Okay. <laughs>
11: <laughs> how true, how true. <laughs> uh, pardon me. Uh, please send Mr. Meachie in here, Miss Wa- Wagner. Now, Miss Parrish, Mr. Meachie is going to do something nice for you. He is going to arrange to give you something. What? I'll, uh, I'll give you a clue. It makes squealing noises and keeps the neighbors awake.
3: Mr. Merlin, a television set.
10: (laughs) No, no, not that. It's, uh... Oh, 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 there's the little lady. Uh, Miss Parrish, you're going to get something you don't expect. (laughs) Something personal.
3: You lay a hand on me and I'll slug you. (laughs) (laughs) no, no.
10: no, please, I I understand for the records that today
11: is your birthday. Well, happy birthday, Miss Parrish. You have your job back again and a $5 raise to go with it. Huh? What do you say, Miss Parrish? Uh,
3: uh, thank you.
11: Yeah. And when you go home tonight, you'll get your birthday present. Uh, tonight, Mr. Meachie? <laughs> tonight, Mr. Merlin. So, in the meantime, Miss Parrish, back to the mechanical ducks. <laughs> and what do you say, Miss Parrish? Uh,
3: thank you, Mr. Merlin. May your ducks never stop quacking. <laughs> <laughs>
10: From
3: Mr Merlin Mr Meachie Oh
10: Miss Parrish your uh, birthday present from J B Merlin and son
3: The baby
10: And uh, what do you say Miss Parrish
3: I say you better take that baby back to the foundling home where it belongs
10: Shame on you
3: I refuse to be the mother of this baby
10: You should have thought of that before <laughs>
3: There wasn't any before.
10: That baby is yours, Miss Parrish. I insist you mother it. Good night.
3: Oh, golly. Look, kid, this is nothing personal. (laughs) Who's there?
7: Freddie Miller, America's Gift of Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Polly Parrish.
3: Oh, brother. Baby, I hope you don't mind hiding behind the couch. Okay. And now you just lie here for a minute and be quiet. Hey, Polly! I'm coming.
7: Hiya, cupcake.
3: Freddie, I've got a headache. I can't go dancing.
7: Hey, now, wait a minute. We're a cinch to take the prize. Fifty for you, fifty for me. Wow. Why, we can walk. <laughs> 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 Funny, I thought I heard a baby cry
3: Uh, next apartment
7: Oh, well, like I say, this Charleston contest is... <laughs> hey, there is a baby Coming out from behind that couch What baby? That baby I thought you said it was in the next apartment What is it doing here?
3: In walls What? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, darling, don't cry. I've got you now.
7: Oh, where did it come from?
3: I got it for my birthday. <laughs>
7: Which birthday? This one or the last one?
3: Oh, what difference does it make? Freddie, hold the baby while I put my coat on. Huh? We're going to take a dancing with us. We are not. We're dropping it off at the home of Mr. David Merlin, the boss's son.
7: What's he got to do with it?
3: Everything. He got me into this fix. <laughs>
7: I didn't know you knew him that well. <laughs>
3: We've hardly said two words.
7: (laughs) What that man can do with just two words.
9: Well, we'll find out exactly what Polly intends to do right after a word from RCA Victor. You know, when spring puts in its appearance, the ladies always seem to catch the men off guard. They've been busy for weeks planning their spring wardrobe, studying the new style. And this year, there's one style everyone will want to study. It's the better-looking-in-every-way style of RCA Victor's magnificent new 17-inch television receiver, the Fairfield. With the Fairfield, you'll get television pictures which are exceptionally clear, bright, and steady. And you'll have RCA Victor's new picture pickup, which assures you of the best possible reception. If you've been looking for a television set that's going to look well in your home, here's your answer. The Fairfields console cabinet is truly distinctive, and its beautiful doors close over the screen when your set's not in use. Go see your RCA Victor dealer. He'll be glad to show you the better-looking Fairfield. Here now is the second act of the screen director's playhouse production of Bachelor Mother, starring Robert Cummings and Lucille Ball.
7: Oh, boy, what an evening. What an evening.
3: Fred Miller, I don't know what you're complaining about.
7: What do you want to do, get me fired? Leaving that baby with the Merlin Butler, telling him it was... David Merlin's responsibility
3: Well, it is What about me? You and your Charleston contest
7: Well, we won, didn't we?
3: You said we'd win A hundred dollar prize
7: How did I know It was a silver loving cup?
3: What am I supposed To do with it? I don't love anybody
7: Folly You could try (laughs) Me,
3: for instance? I'd like to try you For murder, for instance (laughs) I'm going in now Oh, where's my keys? Oh, come on,
7: Polly. Let yourself go. How about an itsy-bitsy kiss, huh? Get your
11: hand off her itsy-bitsy arm. Huh?
3: <laughs> Mr. Merlin. Merlin!
7: Well? Well, uh, Good night. Well, uh, I think I'll just fall down the stairs...
11: And you, Miss Parrish, what do you have to say for yourself?
3: Who let you in this apartment?
11: The landlady was kind enough to let us in.
3: Us? <laughs> Did you bring that baby back here?
11: To its mother's arms where it belongs.
3: Here, hold this cup. You <laughs> oh, poor thing, are you crying because nobody loves you? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I love you. I do.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
11: yes, I'll bet you do. This loving cup Charleston contest, first prize. Any mother who danced the Charleston after giving her baby away. It makes my flesh crawl.
3: I'd like to see it crawl right out that door (laughs) For the last time, Mr. Merlin I am not the mother of this child Am I, baby?
11: (laughs) (laughs) Miss Parrish, you are fired And furthermore, I'll see to it that no department store in America will hire you I'll write your character reference on a diaper (laughs) That's
3: persecution
11: You bet it is and eventually, you come back and plead for a chance to raise your own child. Miss Parrish, good night. Wait. Well, have you reconsidered?
3: Oh, uh, yes. I- I'd like my job back.
11: Oh, well, I'm, uh, I'm glad you've seen the light.
3: Oh, I'm not as bad as you think. I'm just full of fun. <laughs>
11: yes, that's what they said about Dillinger.
3: There I was with a baby. Without a job No money for food I didn't want to raise my baby on hardtack and beans
11: No No, of course not but, but couldn't you make the father support the child?
3: No He ran away with a lady wrestler
11: <laughs> The
10: Beast
3: Yes He was a piano player Used to play boogie with one hand and beat me with the other Daddy. <laughs> No a scar? What scar? That's where he hit me with a flower pot. Oh, that's terrible. You ever been slugged with a pot full of nasturtiums? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you
11: poor kid. Well, don't worry about anything. Merlin and son are now on your side.
3: Oh, thank you, Mr. Merlin. Yes. Yeah. Well,
11: uh, good night, then. Oh, I, I'll see you in the store tomorrow.
3: Good night. Well, baby, looks like you've got a mother after all. (laughs) And Mama has a job. Thanks for that, anyway. (sighs)
13: Parish, could I come in a minute? Well, I,
3: I don't know, Mrs. Weiss. I was just
13: about... Oh, maybe you're afraid the landlady knows you have a baby.
3: No, you see, it really isn't my... Oh, the gentleman told me everything.
13: <laughs> oh, such a nice baby.
3: <laughs> oh. Oh, it's just like you it looks. <laughs> <laughs> You really think so? Certainly.
13: Oh, you should be ashamed not to want such a baby. Well, I do want it. But But maybe you don't know from baby. I know. My Jerome, I raised to be a great success. Today he runs his own cleaning establishment. That's very nice, Mrs. Weiss, but I just see. It's time you should know about babies and diapers. Come on, now, put him on the table. Ah, oh, that's it. Now, nah.
6: let me show you.
13: Where's the safety pin?
3: Oh, such a wonderful baby. What's the name? Hmm? Uh, name? Why, uh,
13: Joan. Uh, and now the diaper. Joan?
3: Joan, it can't be. Why not? I oh, uh, 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 I didn't say Joan, I said John. (laughs) Hello, Johnny. Another day, another
7: duck (laughs) Good morning, Polly
3: Wanna buy a duck?
7: Hey, it's me, Fred
3: Open my eyes and I'll make sure What's the matter?
7: Haven't you been sleeping?
3: I only doze with a milk bottle in one hand and my head in the other
7: Oh, yeah, the baby Look, Polly, you can trust me
3: Yeah Yeah,
7: couldn't get anything out of me with wild horses
3: Fine, I'll meet you at the stables after work
7: (laughs) Oh, come on, come on, Polly How about putting in a good word for me with David Merlin, huh?
3: What are you talking about?
7: The assistant floor walker's job It's open What about it, Polly?
3: Sure, sure, anything, just go away Oh, thanks, kid
11: (laughs) Well, Miss Parrish, and uh, how are you this morning?
3: I'm sleepy, Mr. Merlin. The baby's been crying all night.
11: Hmm. Oh, well, you'll manage. It's a natural instinct.
3: So is sleep.
11: (laughs) You're making it all very complicated. Uh, This is just a pose that all mothers adopt. I saw through it when I was six years old.
3: Oh, how did it happen?
11: Oh, I spit my custard on the ceiling. (laughs) And my my mother gave up and got a nurse. (laughs) She was a lovely thing, too.
3: I'll bet How long did she stay?
11: About a year. She quit when I made a pass at her.
3: (laughs) But you were only seven.
11: Yes, I know, but I was eating quite a bit of meat at the time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know all about children, all right. Well, I'll uh, leave you to your ducks, Miss Parrish.
3: I'm sure we'll be very happy together.
8: Oh, uh, Mr. Merlin...
11: Oh, uh, yes, Mr. Hargrave. It's
8: such an honor to have you visit our department. Hmm, Everything seems to be running like clockwork. Uh, Sorry I wasn't here to greet you. I was in the washroom practicing my sneer. (laughs) Is there anything I can do for you while I'm here? Well, there is a question of a new assistant for me. Uh, Whom shall we promote?
11: Well, the senior employee in the department, whoever he is. Uh, That is Fred Miller. I'll see to it
8: immediately. Mm, Fine. Well, carry on the good work, Hargrave. Uh, Thank you. Oh, Miller, come here, please.
7: You want me, Mr. Hargraves?
8: Miller, bow your head in gratitude. Well, (laughs) I... Huh? Tomorrow when you come into work, you will find two carnations on my desk. Take the smaller one. You... You mean... Yes, Frederick. You are the new assistant floor walker.
7: Wow, that's what I call service!
3: Now, come on, Johnny Stop playing and start eating But you have to eat Come in
11: Oh, greetings, Mother
3: Oh, hello, Mr. Merlin What are you doing here?
11: I uh, came across this in the book department Guide for a Happy Baby Greatest book I ever saw
3: Well, I'm sure he'll enjoy reading it
6: <laughs>
3: Come on, Johnny Open up Nice baby food
11: What are you doing?
3: Now there's a smart question I'm playing canasta
11: (laughs) You're feeding that baby
3: well, what do you expect me to do? Send him out for a corned beef sandwich? <laughs> well,
11: uh, maybe you're feeding him wrong.
3: What can be wrong? The baby opens his mouth, I put the food in, he swallows. From there on, he's on his own. <laughs> oh,
11: not necessarily. Let's have a look at the book. Uh, uh here, here. Now, first, warm the food.
3: That's great. <laughs>
11: Next, warm a spoon to room temperature.
3: Oh, that's brilliant. I <laughs> just Don't be
11: snide, both of you. Uh, then take a spoonful of food and, uh, let's see, place on a piece of gauze. See, it says a piece of gauze.
3: What for?
6: let's <laughs> <laughs>
11: Well, for a very good reason. Let's see. Uh, Place on a piece of gauze and gently rub into baby's navel... You can see it. You can see it's very simple. It's
3: ridiculous.
11: Look, this happens to be a scientific textbook, Mother dear.
3: Look, Mr. Merlin, I am not rubbing oatmeal into this baby's navel.
11: (laughs) (laughs) And why not?
3: Because I happen to be an old-fashioned girl. Let me see that book.
11: Okay, see for yourself.
3: To relieve gas on child's stomach, take spoonful of warm oil and... Place on piece of gauze and gently rub into baby's navel
11: (laughs) (laughs) I I must have skipped a page I guess the joke's on me
3: Yes, and the oatmeal was almost on the baby (laughs) Come on, Johnny, eat your dinner Don't just sit there, Mr. Merlin. Do something.
11: Well, I'll I'll read you the book.
3: Never mind the book. Wind this duck.
11: Oh, very well. I'll say one thing. If there's anything I can do well, it's wind a duck.
3: (laughs) You broke my duck.
11: Yes, well, uh... Tomorrow you can take it uh, to the exchange department and get a new one.
3: Exchange department? (laughs) Ha, (laughs) ha!
11: What do you mean, ha, ha?
3: It never exchanges anything, that's all.
11: Nonsense. I'll exchange it for you.
3: Yes, you can get it exchanged, probably for a grand piano.
11: Look, I'll exchange it without anybody recognizing me.
3: That, Mr. Merlin, is like trying to get toothpaste back in the tube. (laughs) Just feed the baby I will
11: Some baby can't even talk Maybe if you fed him properly, he'd talk
3: Certainly he can talk Go on, Johnny, say something to Mr. Merlin
8: Daddy Daddy Daddy
3: Mr. Merlin, you just became a father.
9: (laughs) Now let's drop in on Bing and Bob, discussing a topic all smokers like to know about. Bob, do you realize we only have one thing in common? Hardly enough for a happy marriage, is it? (laughs) What's that, Bing?
7: Chesterfields, of
9: course. We both like them, we both sell them. And we'd better get to sell them now. You know, folks, better tasting Chesterfield is the only cigarette that combines for you mildness with no unpleasant aftertaste.
5: How do you know they're mild? Well, you just make our mildness test. You buy them, open them up, and enjoy
2: that milder aroma. Then smoke a Chesterfield. You'll know it's milder because it smokes milder.
9: And Chesterfield leaves no unpleasant aftertaste. That fact has been confirmed by the country's first and only
14: cigarette taste panel. So... Always by Chesterfield.
2: Let's sum it up musically.
10: Chesterfield, Chesterfield, always takes first place. That
8: milder, mild tobacco never leaves an
9: aftertaste. Oh-ho, open a pack and give them a smell. Then you'll smoke them. You are listening to the Screen Director's Playhouse, the Thursday night feature on NBC's All-Star Festival, brought to you by the makers of Addison for the fast relief of headache, neuritis, and neuralgia, By RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, first in television, and by Chesterfield, the cigarette that has for you what every smoker wants, mildness, plus no unpleasant aftertaste. The Screen Director's Playhouse presentation of Bachelor Mother, starring Lucille Ball and Robert Cummings, will continue in just a moment after a brief pause for station identification. is the screen director's playhouse. We continue with the third act of Bachelor Mother, starring Robert Cummings as David Merlin and Lucille Ball as Polly Parrish.
3: Mary, get a load of Freddie Miller, the carnation that walks like a man. <laughs> <laughs> From floor washer to floor walker in one horrible leap. Come on, break it
7: up No talking No leaning on the counter Pick that up No leaning on the counter No gossiping, Miss Parrish Keep those ducks in motion Straighten those boxes
3: The trouble with him is he gives everybody around him a superiority complex
11: Uh, uh, Pardon me, miss Yes,
3: can I help? Why, Mr. Merlin Uh Aha, I
11: had you fooled, didn't I? Horn-rimmed glasses, hat over my eyes I am about to exchange that mechanical duck
3: Oh, Mary, he's going to exchange a duck (laughs)
11: Ha <laughs> uh, Just escort me to the exchange window, Miss Parrish. Mm-hmm.
3: Do you really think you'll get another duck?
11: I'll have this exchange in exactly one minute.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, that's what the man said yesterday, just before he threw himself down the elevator shaft.
11: <laughs> Nonsense. I'll simply be firm and courteous.
3: Okay, well, you can start right now. Here we are.
11: Yes, sir. What can I do for you? I'd uh, like to exchange this mechanical duck.
15: Certainly, sir. What's your complaint?
11: Uh, it's broken. Oh, what a shame. May I offer my sympathy? You can offer me a new duck. Well, we'll see about that. Uh, may I have your sales slip? Uh, oh, uh, Miss Parrish, where's the sales slip?
3: I threw it away. Yeah.
11: Oh, yeah. I threw it away. Well, in that case, I suggest you throw the duck away, too. <laughs> <laughs> I want a new one.
3: Remember, firm and courteous.
11: Oh, yes. Uh, I, uh, I, I'd like a new duck, please.
3: Well, uh, suppose you
11: have this one repaired at our expense. Oh, that would be fine. Uh, what do I do? All you have to do is take it back to the
15: manufacturer. And where's that? The Banzai Toy Company in Yokohama.
11: <laughs> <laughs> I want a
15: new duck. Well, you're not going to get it by shouting. Or
11: any other way, either. Look, are you are you are you not going to give me a new duck? You'll have to speak to our Mr. Carruthers. And where is our Mr. Carruthers? In the hospital with a seven-year itch. (laughs) That does it. I am personally going to exchange this for a new duck. (laughs)
3: Next, please. Mr. Merlin, you can't win. I certainly can win.
11: I'd intend to take this duck off the counter and put it in my pocket.
7: Shoplifter! Uh-oh, uh-oh. Shoplifter, <laughs> Hey, let, let me go. Quiet, bum. Fred, Fred, don't. Trying to get away with a hot duck, huh?
8: Patrick, is it... Why, Mr. Merlin? Yes, Mr. Merlin.
7: Mr. Merlin.
11: And a good thing I'm not a customer. How long have you had this job? Oh,
7: you know, since yesterday. I, I was his stock clerk.
11: Really? I've got a little secret to tell you. You're still a stock clerk.
8: Hargraves demote this man. Oh, no! Frederick Miller, you have disgraced the toy department. Stand at attention. (laughs) (laughs) I am about to rip off your carnation. (laughs) Now, once again, you are Stock Clerk Miller. Miss Parrish, whine your duck.
7: (laughs) He crushed my carnation.
3: Come on, break it up. No gossiping. Straighten out those boxes.
7: <laughs> uh, I don't think you and him are going to get away with this, Polly Parrish.
3: I know where the body's buried. What are you talking
7: about? You'll find out when J.P. Merlin gets my letter.
11: Well, let's see. I have to find a date for tonight. Evelyn. No, too tall. Mildred? No, too short. Emily? No, two big brothers.
12: You unspeakable monster. You scoundrel.
11: Quiet, I'm thinking Sandra. No, oh, Bethany. My I'm... son, do you know what you've done? Yes, I've gotten stood up for the Van Everett party tonight. Can you imagine a girl who breaks a date just because somebody else asked her out? Of course, it was her husband. <laughs> Look
12: at this letter. Aren't you interested in what's in this letter? Why don't you ask?
11: All right, what's in the letter?
12: None of your business.
11: Swell. See, George Ann, Edith. would not you have told me? Told you what? My grandson. I'll let you know as soon as he shows up. <laughs> Margie, Marcia...
12: Perhaps probably. you might conceivably try the mother of the baby. Baby?
11: Oh, you mean the baby. Don't deny it. Well, why should I deny it? I, I was glad to help. <laughs> That girl to the party, and why? Just because she's pretty and nice to be with it. Say, you know what? I think I'll take that girl to the party.
6: Uh
3: Mr. Merlin,
11: your duck, madam, complete with built-in quack.
3: Thank you, thank you, but we'll Mm -hmm. have to be quiet The baby's sleeping Oh What are the evening clothes for?
11: Oh, we're going out
3: Me? Us?
11: Yes, to a party
3: But how? Who? Oh, oh, I get it You were stood up
11: Hmm, the hussy
3: You admit you were stood up and then come and ask me for a date I do In that case, I accept
11: I applaud (laughs) your decision
3: (laughs) Oh, but I can't The baby
11: Well, can't somebody stay with him?
3: Mrs. Weiss, the landlady.
11: Yes, oh, good old Mrs. Weiss.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, there's something else. What? No clothes. Well,
11: I've got a department store full of them. Silks and sables for Polly Perry.
3: Is it a big party?
11: Oh, tremendous. Everybody's a millionaire. Except the butlers. They're just ordinary Republicans. <laughs>
3: How will I act? What will I say?
11: What will you say? Well, you just say no to the men, and if I know the women, they won't talk to you anyway.
3: (laughs) David, do I look scared to death?
11: You look like a magazine cover.
3: I feel like the glue in the binding. (laughs) <laughs> All these people
11: Oh, you just leave it to me oh here come the wolves Oh, no, sorry, sorry, gentlemen But the young lady is just over from Sweden No, no, she doesn't speak a word of English Oh,
8: Sweden?
11: Yes, but I'll be glad to tell her that you admire her Excuse me, drojor jalnamit funki?
3: Ah,
13: smorgasbord <laughs> Oh, that's,
11: that's very funny Yes, very funny <laughs> She says you all look like something that rubbed off of a polar bear.
8: <laughs> well, uh, how about asking her if she'll dance with us?
11: Dance? Well, I'll try. Uh, tell me, Sven nibbling Gretchen Smetchen?
3: Uh, Kugel <laughs> Potata Latkes. <laughs>
11: she says you should break a leg.
3: <laughs> no, no, lock jaw, halvert schmaltz herring.
10: Oh, that's
11: ridiculous! Ridiculous! I, I, I couldn't kiss you here, not in front of all these people.
3: Eins, zwei, drei, drop dead. Well, uh,
8: look, if you don't mind, I'm going to ask her to dance.
3: Dance? Yeah, I like.
8: Well, then come along, honey doll. Polly,
3: Polly.
11: Fine thing. I'll take you to a party, and the next time I see you is when we're going home in a taxi.
3: Bors, Dorton, negling. Tough luck, kiddo.
11: Oh, now <laughs> cut that
3: out. Oh, David, I had a wonderful time.
11: Well, I didn't, watching all those wolves drool over you.
3: <laughs> I'm sorry, but I couldn't help it, that crack about kissing me. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll
11: see you at the door. Uh, wait here, driver. <laughs> And what's so ridiculous about my kissing you?
3: (laughs) You wouldn't have dared. Not in front of everybody.
11: No, I wouldn't. (laughs) Not in front of everybody.
3: I think I'd better go in, David. Polly. Yes?
11: I'm I'm awfully glad you had a good time.
3: I'm sorry I didn't dance with you. Good night, Polly. Good night. Mm -hmm. Mm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
11: You you, you don't mind, do you?
3: How do you say no in Swedish?
11: (laughs) Uh, Say, look, tomorrow's Sunday. Why don't we take a long drive in the country?
3: hmm? Wouldn't it be too cold for the baby?
11: Oh, sure, the baby, I guess. Yes, I guess so.
3: Well, if you want to see us tomorrow, we'll be in the park.
11: The park? Mm -hmm. All right. I'll remember.
3: Good night, David.
13: You had a good time, Polly. I can see it. Oh, I did, Mrs. Weiss. How's Johnny? Waiting up for his mother.
3: Oh, (laughs) hello there. You mustn't worry about me, Johnny, because I think he likes me. But I don't think he likes you.
6: (laughs) Oh, now, now, don't
3: you (laughs) frown, because nobody is going to come between us. You're my fella. Good night, darling. Polly? Polly, hello. David.
11: On this Sunday of all Sundays, I I thought I'd better take a walk in the park. Hello there, Johnny. (laughs) That kid's picking up a bad habit. (laughs)
3: Don't you ever spend any time with your family? Oh,
11: there's just J.B., my father And he's all cranked up about some letter he got He spent the morning glaring at me and mumbling something about a grandchild
3: Oh, speaking of glares, look at the one we're getting from this woman with the baby carriage Oh, my, what a cute baby How old is he? Uh, seven months Really?
13: Junior's only six, and they seem to be about the same size, don't they?
3: Yes, but you ought to see mine when he flexes his muscles. <laughs> uh,
13: does he stand up yet? Why, no. Oh, a junior does.
11: A junior can probably run the hundred-yard dash.
13: <laughs> does junior talk at six months? Of course not. <laughs> this one talks. Oh, why, that's impossible. Oh no,
11: he babbles incessantly.
3: <gasps> I can't believe it. Would you like to hear him talk? Yes, I would Come on, baby, say something Say anything I guess he's just meditating But he did talk, didn't he, David?
11: Oh, he certainly did He speaks very well He can recite the first line of Gunga Din Heard him myself (laughs) (laughs) You're a better man than I am, Gunga Din
13: Oh, my good man, that is not the first line of Gunga Din
11: It isn't? Well, I guess he isn't as bright as I thought he was
13: (laughs) (laughs) He certainly isn't (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> David, you can joke all you want, but this happens to be a very superior baby. Oh, I don't know. I guess it's heredity.
11: Heaven forbid.
3: Well, what's the matter with me?
11: Well, what about the other 50%? That flower pot thrower.
3: How dare you talk that way about the father of this child?
11: Okay, I'm sorry. I don't mean to... Hey, Dad. Dad, what are you David, doing David, I followed you here. Now, look, J.B. Quiet. Man.
12: I know all about you. That litter. Are you Polly Parrish?
11: Yes. And this is her little boy.
12: a oh, boy. Oh. Uh, would you mind? Could I hold him?
3: Well, of course you can. <laughs> <laughs>
12: I'd know that chin anywhere. Now, look, J.B., what's so special about that chin? What's his name?
3: John. John.
12: Well, oh, thanks for that anyway, you, you moldy reprobate. That's a fine way for a father to talk. Don't talk to me about fatherhood. Oh, Polly, my dear.
3: Is there something I can do for you, Mr. Merlin?
12: You've already done it. Now, I wouldn't keep the baby out much longer. It's getting cold. J.B., I don't like the way you're acting. You don't like the way I... Young man, I'll see you at home. Goodbye, Miss Perry.
3: David, is your father usually so strange?
11: No, I, I don't understand. Holy mackerel. What? You know, he thinks...
3: He thinks...
6: Dad, Dad,
11: Daddy. <laughs> Are you little stool pigeon?
12: <laughs> now, Father, if you'll only listen. I don't intend to listen. I'm going to speak. For 30 years I've been waiting, waiting. What do you think I've been waiting for for 30 years?
11: A Social Security? (laughs) A grandson! Well, you won't get one by yelling at me!
12: I wish it were in my power to exchange you for somebody else. All exchanges go through the Bonsai Toy Company in Yokohama. (laughs) Stop (laughs) blithering. Young man, you're going to marry that girl. I will not. You're going to bring my grandson into my house.
11: For the last time, I haven't got a
12: grandson, neither of you. I ought to know my own grandson. Grandson! a set of false
11: teeth in his mouth and he'd look just like me. (laughs) That baby doesn't look any more like you than Peter Rabbit looks like Garbo.
12: Mark my words, I'll have my grandson. I'll get him if I have to go to the Supreme Court judges.
11: Good. Maybe one of them is the father, but I'm not.
12: (laughs) This was Balderdash. I have a grandson. (laughs) Oh,
3: David, it must have been so funny
11: Oh, sure, it was hilarious <laughs> You know what that old lunatic is going to do?
3: <laughs> what?
11: Take your baby away
3: I'd like to see him try
11: Listen, Polly, you don't know him He'll try and he'll succeed, too But
3: the baby belongs to me
11: Oh, you and that piano player If you could only dig him up
3: I, I can't do that
11: Listen, when half a dozen lawyers start questioning your fitness to raise a baby That's the end, believe me
3: Well, maybe I can talk to your father
11: well, Maybe you can talk to Grant's, too He's gone right out of his mind. He even wants me to marry you.
3: He. He does? Yeah,
11: just so he can have a grandson. I tell you, Polly, this is very serious.
3: Yes. It would be serious marrying me.
11: I don't know what I'm. What? Oh, oh, I. I. Polly, now look, I, I didn't mean it that way.
3: Will you please go?
11: But, Polly, I want to help.
3: The only help I want is to be left alone by you and your father. Well,
11: I'll do what I can to help. Please,
3: Mr. Merlin, leave me alone.
11: All right, Polly. <laughs>
3: Go away Polly.
13: what is it? Oh, Mrs.
3: Weiss, please help me pack I'm going away Away? Where? Anywhere They're trying to take my baby away Who? That man who was just here
13: Oh, he's the papa of the baby. No. Then who is the papa?
3: There isn't any. Uh. If there was one, the lawyers couldn't take the baby. Lawyers? Oh, you need a papa. You'll get a papa.
13: Oh, my Jerome! Jerome, come here. But... <laughs> My Jerome says he's the papa. Nobody can take your baby. You call me Ma! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is my Jerome.
3: Uh,
0: Hello. Oh,
13: hiya. Uh, Jerome, be a good boy. You be the father of Miss Parrish's baby. Before
8: dinner? (laughs)
3: This wouldn't poik
8: you. Oh, Ma, I'm hungry.
3: Really, Jerome. All you have to do is come with me to see J.B. Merlin. You see, I have a baby. That.
7: Yeah. What
11: are you whoa, Mr. Merlin? Don't shut the door. I want to talk to you.
7: Look, Mr. Merlin. I'm just Freddie Miller, the stock clerk. I never meant no harm.
11: Are you the father of Polly's baby?
7: Me? Perish the thought, Mr. Merlin.
11: Then who is? You are. What?
7: (laughs) I, I, I mean, you're mistaken if you think I know anything about this.
11: Uh, Fred, um, how would you like to be an assistant floor manager again? You mean it? If you'll do me just a little favor. Oh,
7: sure, sure, Mr. Merlin.
11: Well, I have to find a father for Polly's baby if you can just pretend for an hour.
12: Please sit down, Miss Parrish. And you too, sir. Oh, thanks.
3: Mr. Merlin, I think you should know the truth about the baby.
12: What about my grandson?
3: Is this the kid's grandfather? I am. How do you like that? I ain't even married. I got a (laughs) (laughs) father-in-law. Jerome means he... He always feels like a bridegroom Oh, yeah uh, Mr. Merlin, may I introduce my husband and the baby's father? Glad to meet you
12: uh, Here,
15: have a cigar He is your husband?
3: For two years, my real name is Mrs. Weiss
15: Yeah, yeah, Mrs. Weiss She is my wife We have been married for two years We are very happy We love our baby
12: Ha, ha, ha good, huh, Polly? Uh,
3: So you see, Mr. Merlin You really don't have a grandson after all
12: It's as if there'd been a death in the family.
3: So, you see, there's no point in trying to take the baby away from my husband and me.
8: Come along,
11: Fred, right in here. Now, if you'll just... Polly! I told you not to come here. Don't you raise your voice to her! Well, maybe this will convince you that it isn't my baby. Father, meet the father.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Polly, darling, is this man trying to take our baby? Fred, Fred, don't! No, go
11: on, Fred. Tell him, tell him.
7: Mr. Merlin, my, my, my wife is a very nervous woman. Uh, you, your son just come over to our flat and, and said you had the wrong impression about my son Well, my son is... My son, and, and I've got papers to prove it Well, let's see those papers
11: Oh, no, never mind reading them, J.B. Don't, don't bother, do This is nothing but a dog license <laughs> Well, I told you not to read uh, them Wrong papers
7: <laughs> Believe me, I am the father of that baby
15: You ain't either, I am
3: Mr. Merlin... I'll bet you're getting the wrong impression of me
12: That baby is my grandson, you didn't fool me Well, I gotta go now, I'm getting hungry Oh, no, you don't
11: So you finally showed up, you 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 piano-playing fiend Oh, well, I couldn't get here any sooner, Mama didn't tell me Mama didn't tell you a lot of things David, stop this fakery and get these people out of here Well, speak up, piano player What have you got to say? How did it happen?
15: Well, I'm the landlady's son, it was kind of easy
12: (laughs) Stop it, stop
7: it I'll prosecute the whole pack of you And you too, Fred, whatever your name is Mr. Marlin, your son made me do it I didn't want to be the baby's father You weren't invited to be Oh, yes I was I know what I'm talking about I already told you the truth, Mr. Merlin In the letter I say that David is the baby's father
11: I say the landlady's son is the baby's father
12: I say Fred is the father
11: I don't care who the father is I'm the grandfather
12: <laughs> <laughs> so
11: Wait a minute, wait. He, he's the father no, Yes, you are, you're the father I'm the grandfather well, but Hold it now, the you're the
3: father It was horrible, Mrs. Weiss, just horrible. Uh, Here, I'll close
13: your suitcase. Everybody said
3: everybody else was my baby's father. You don't know what a thing like that does to a girl? Uh, Polly, who is the father? I don't
13: know. (laughs) (laughs) So you don't know. So where are you going to sleep tonight?
3: Oh, somewhere, anywhere. Come here, baby. Oh, what is it, darling? The duck? Is that what you want here? Will you help me downstairs with my bags, Mrs. Weiss? Oh, certainly. i, I such a mix-up. Well, oh. at least I've got Johnny. And I'm going to keep him, too, no matter what they try. <gasps> Mrs. Weiss! What is it? They are coming up to the curb. It's David and his father. Oh, quick, into my
13: apartment. I'll stay here. Now, don't, don't tell them. Take the bags. Hide. Hide.
11: Well, this is where she lives. Here's the landlady.
13: Yes? Something?
11: Uh, where's Miss Parrish? Who? Polly Parrish.
13: I, I don't know any Lollipopish. Oh, no.
11: Parish, my good
12: woman, Parish. Girl with a baby. Baby has three fathers. I'm the grandfather.
13: Huh? She don't live here no more. She just moved. What? Sure. See for yourself.
11: I will. Polly? Polly!
12: Gone. Disappeared. With my grandchild.
13: Well, I have to go now. Make cup tea. Is
12: that your apartment in
13: there? Yes, Then
12: we'd like to step in for a minute and talk to you. Uh...
11: Oh, it's no use. You've hounded that poor girl out of her home. How's she going to live? How's she going to feed the baby?
12: This landlady knows... Where is she
11: hiding that baby? Out with
12: it?
13: I should drop dead. I don't know. Look, I'm
11: not interested in the baby. Where's Polly? That poor girl without a roof over her head. Oh, why didn't I marry her? Well, why didn't you? Well, I wasn't sure.
12: The baby is practically walking, and he still isn't sure. (laughs)
6: Look, will you
11: get that baby out of your mind? Polly Parrish happens to be the woman I've fallen in love with. Well, I could even love the baby. But we've got to find Polly. Maybe she'll come back. Maybe she'll... Hey, hey. What's that noise? Something's quacking. There, on the floor, a mechanical duck. It came through that door. Polly! My
7: grandson.
11: Now, stay out of there.
7: Polly.
3: Johnny dropped his duck.
11: Did, did you hear?
3: About loving me?
11: Well, I, I, I thought I was just trying to help you, and then I realized it. Polly, do you love me?
3: That depends on the baby.
11: Well, Johnny, does she? Uh, uh (laughs) (laughs)
3: Uh-huh.
11: You see, he says yes.
3: So do I, David.
11: Then I, I, uh, wait a minute. Father, I confess, I am the father of that child.
12: (laughs) I knew it. First honest words you've said.
11: (laughs) Come on, Johnny. We're going home. And, Polly, I've got a surprise for you. We're getting married tonight.
3: You still think I'm the mother of that baby? Why, certainly. Oh, David, have I got a surprise for you.
9: (laughs) (laughs) And so the story of Bachelor Mother is told. Our stars, Lucille Ball and Robert Cummings, will return in just a moment with this week's guest director. Next Thursday, the Screen Directors Playhouse brings you two more great stars in a screen story vividly remembered. For the first time on the air, we'll present Thelma Jordan, directed by Robert Siadback. And now, here again are tonight's stars, Lucille Ball and Robert Cummings. Uh, Lucy, here's where we forget the words in the script and start saying
11: a few of our own.
3: Then, Bob, let's start with the first word in any actor's vocabulary, director.
11: Okay, director it is. So, ladies and gentlemen, may we introduce a very special director, the gentleman who brought Bachelor Mother to the screen. And
3: created such other standout pictures as A Man to Remember and My Favorite Wife.
11: And in between times, he directed on Broadway and in the Metropolitan Opera, and he wrote the fabulously successful Born Yesterday. With this, may we present Mr. Garson Canaan.
14: Thank you very much, Lucy and Bob. You know, it seems that the director is usually denied even the prerogatives of a child. Not only should he never be seen by the audience, but he should never be heard either. And maybe this is a good idea, because can you imagine anything more disillusioning than a director who follows a fine performance by saying, we hope you liked it, and if you did, these are the tricks we used. In the first place, this would be a calamity. And in the second... This is radio, and the only tricks employed were your own fine talents. So what can a director say except, thank you both, and good night.
9: <laughs> Bachelor Mother was presented through the courtesy of RKO Radio Pictures, distributors of the Howard Hughes production, Ben Deffer, starring Faith DeMerg and introducing George Dole. Lucille Ball can currently be seen in the Columbia picture, Fuller Brush Girl. Robert Cummings can soon be seen in the Columbia picture, The Barefoot Mailman. This is Jimmy Wallington speaking and inviting you to listen next Thursday when we present for the first time on the air, Thelma Jordan, starring Barbara Stanwyck and Wendell Corey, with screen director Robert Ciudad. Here, Phil Regan's camp show, Sunday on NBC.
1: Roma Wines presents. Suspense! Roma Wines, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. Salud! Your health, senor. Roma Wines toast the world. The wine for your table is Roma Wine, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. This is the Man
15: in Black, here for the Roma
1: Wine Company of
15: Fresno, California, to introduce this weekly half hour of suspense. Tonight in Hollywood, Roma Wines bring you the MGM star Miss Lucille Ball. The suspense play which stars Miss Ball, which is produced and directed by William Spear, is called Dime a Dance. It deals, as you will presently know, with Broadway life and sudden death both set to music. And so with Dime a Dance and with the performance of Lucille Ball as a red-haired young lady named Ginger Allen, Roma Wines again hope to keep you in... Suspense!
3: Have you ever danced with the murder? Doesn't cost any more for the extra thrill. It's only a dime. How could I do it, you say? I had to, to save my own life.
6: I'm a taxi dancer
3: from Joyland Palace. One of the places just off Broadway in the 40s. You know the kind of place. Second-rate dance bands like Frankie Frohman's Fifteen Frolickers. I was late to work that night. I ran down Broadway scrambling through the crowd to the entrance of the Joyland. Fifty
16: beautiful girls upstairs, boys. Come in and count them yourself. No admission, ten cents to dance. Come in, we're just getting started. The music
14: is the very Hello, Max.
16: Hey, uh, Ginger. You better step on him. Marino's looking for you. You're late. He's burning.
3: I know it. Well, Julie come in yet? Not yet.
14: Fifty beautiful girls waiting
16: to
14: dance with you. Step my dear. Oh, thank you. Well, good evening. So you finally decided to come, did you? Hiya, Marino. Sorry, I'm late. Hey, you ought to be. So to Julie. All the cash customers are waiting. I sent out the girls before all the years are here, and you say I'm playing favorites.
3: Well, blame it on Julie. She gave me a stand up tonight. All
14: right, so I'll blame it on Julie. Where is she? Isn't she here? No, and she ain't home neither, because I phoned her there 15 minutes ago. I thought she was with you.
3: And I thought she was here.
14: Hey, if this is no gag, what happened to her?
3: Well, that's what I'm beginning to wonder. Yeah,
14: go on in and get your stuff on. Julie will be all right.
3: Yeah, maybe she slipped in while you were busy counting tickets or something. See you right away, Marino. Oh, hi, hi, hi being late and being teacher's pet. We've been entertained by mom here while waiting for All right, lay off. Mom, throw me that foot powder. Looks like a heavy night out there. My feet still hurt from last night. Here you are, dearie. <clears throat> That's the way I am, girlie. What I like every once in a while is a good, juicy murder. Nice kid. No, not to be murdered herself. Call me that dress, would you, Madame Defarge, the green one? Is Julie here? Not unless she's hiding in the closet, honey. Do any of you know where she is? you asking us. Ain't she your buddy? Maybe they had a fight. Well, did any of you hear from her? Why not ask Marino? He's been hanging around around. (laughs) her. Now, that southern girl, Sally,
14: she used to work in a joint like this one further uptown. There was a murder for you. Come on, hurry it up, baby. I'm the blind step on it. She just never showed up to work one
3: night. Who didn't?
14: That southern girl, Sally. Then they found her. That was about three years ago. Oh, what a sight she was when the police discovered the body. Oh,
3: cut it out, Mom. Then
14: there was the Robinson gal out in oh. Brooklyn. They to death. They found a phonograph and records by her body. Didn't even belong to her. The murderer brought his own music. Oh, she was a dance hall pony, too. Maybe some guy has it in for you girls. Pleasant character. Well, maybe one fella kills the both of them. Maybe there's a dance hall killer still at large getting ready for his next victim. Now, what do you think I pay you girls for anyway?
3: I often wonder. <laughs> oh,
15: Marino, think we're giving a free show
14: in here? Ah, you couldn't interest anybody in that chassis of yours, even with a set of dishes thrown in. Oh, yeah. All right, all of you, file out. I got something to tell Ginger. Uh, come on, get out. Uh, Ginger, what I wanted to see you I
3: know, I know, Marino, I put you in a spot. I'll be dressed in a minute, and if you ward off those garlic eaters tonight, I'll work twice as hard and make it up to you honest.
14: No, I'm in no spot, Ginger, but you are.
3: Marina, what's the matter? What's happened?
14: The police want to see you, Ginger.
3: Police? What for? I didn't do anything.
14: I'm sorry, Ginger, but...
3: Something's happened to Julie.
14: That's what the police want to see you by. Julie's dead. Dead? Murdered.
15: Tonight in our suspense theater, death is a dancing thing. Roma Wines is bringing you Lucille Ball, a star of suspense, in the Cornell Woolrich story, Dime-A-Dance. You have heard the prologue for tonight's tale of suspense.
1: Before we return to the scene of our drama, let me say just this. Few spots on the globe boast the unique and perfect combination of nature's gifts which makes possible truly good wine, wine which the whole world can enjoy. But wine experts will tell you that among those fortunate spots, none can surpass the vineyards of our own California. From these renowned California vineyards come Roma wines, wines so perfect in flavor, so delightful, that they are enjoyed in many countries of the world. To us in America, Roma wines are an everyday treat, for we may buy them at an astonishingly low price since we pay no import duties or expensive shipping costs. Do you enjoy a delicious tangy sherry? Tomorrow, treat yourself to a glass of Roma California sherry. We're sure you will agree you've never tasted finer. With your first sip, you'll understand why Roma wines are America's largest selling wines. Tomorrow, ask your dealer for your favorite type of Roma wine. Made in California for enjoyment throughout the world.
15: And now it is with pleasure that Roma Wines bring back to our soundstage Miss Lucille Ball in Dime-A-Dance, a tale well-calculated to keep you in... suspense.
3: All the way over in that police car with those two flat feet from Homicide, I could see Marino's face when he said, ''Murdered. Poor Marino.'' We got out and walked up to the third floor of the building, to Julie's room. Marino never said a word.
15: All right, sister, in here.
3: Is, is, she, is she still in there?
15: No, you won't have to look at her.
3: Oh. How did it happen? Strangled. Why didn't she yell out? There were plenty of people around.
15: Now look, Ginger, we're asking the questions. Oh. Yeah, but since you raised it, we figured the person who could get close enough to kill her... Someone she felt safe with. She was murdered by someone she trusted. By a friend.
3: Well, I was the only friend she had.
15: Yeah, so they tell us. Unless she had a boyfriend. And who was her boyfriend?
14: Yeah. If she was strangled, where did all the blood come from?
3: Flatfoot didn't answer Marino. He shut up all at once as if he didn't have the heart to tell us the rest of it. His eyes gave him away, though. I got the whole score just following his gaze around the room. First, he looked at the little phonograph. By using bamboo needles, she could play it late at night. Soft, you know, so no one could hear it. The needle was worn down halfway, all, all shredded as though it had been played over and over. Then his eyes wandered to a flat piece of paper that, that had eight or ten shiny new dimes on it. Some had little brown flecks on them. Then his eyes went down to the rug. It was all pleated up in places that, especially along the edges, as though something heavy, something, something lifeless had been dragged back and forth over it. You mean he danced with her after he killed her? Gave her a dime a dance even then?
15: Now will you tell us? Who was her boyfriend? Play that record. Maybe she'll remember some guy they both knew who was kept on the piece. It was the only one he played.
3: Turn it off!
6: Stop it! Stop that music!
3: That wasn't hers. She never had that record. Poor Butterfly. She hated it. She couldn't stand it. Someone brought that record here with him.
15: Sure, someone did. Maybe her boyfriend sort
3: of... No boyfriend. It was someone who waited for her in that room in the dark and killed her before she could scream. It was the same madman who killed those two other dance hall girls. He pays a dime a dance A dime a dance Whether you're alive or dead Back at the grind The flat feet let me go Nobody told me anything Sometime when you have nothing better to do You try dancing with a couple of hundred guys a night Asking yourself each time One of them wraps his arms around you Is this the killer? Has he a knife in his hand behind my back?
16: Hey, uh, can I see you a minute? Got a ticket? Yeah, but I don't want to dance, Ginger. I want to talk.
3: Well, it's your dime. Say, how do you know my name?
16: What just happened to?
3: Who are you, anyway?
16: Recognize those two guys leaning against the wall?
3: The two flat feet?
16: And I'm the third. Nick's the name.
3: Well, what about Mer... Uh, about her boyfriend?
16: Relax. We have proof it wasn't her boyfriend and wasn't you.
3: Oh, then you expect him to show up again after what he's done already, huh?
16: We just got the report on those other two girls. They were killed by a maniac who played poor butterfly. Also, the fingerprints in all three cases match. He'll keep it up until we get him.
3: How do you know what he looks like?
16: We don't. We only know he isn't through yet. That's why I was assigned to protect you. Protect me? Yep. (laughs) Keep my eye on you all night while you work and then take you home right to your door. Uh, Marino knows about the other two dicks, but no one knows about me. Fact is, headquarters told me not to tell even you.
3: Then why did you?
16: <laughs> I just saw how touchy you are. I don't want you to misunderstand my attentions.
3: Well, what if someone asks me who you are?
16: I say I'm your new boyfriend.
3: Oh, don't get smart. I never had a boyfriend.
16: Good. Now you've got one.
3: Oh, well, 35 girls on this musical chain, gang. Why do you pick on me?
16: Because we found out one more thing about the killer's habits. The two girls that were murdered before Julie both had red hair.
3: Julie had red hair.
16: Yeah. And so have you, baby.
3: So I was set up as victim number four. Nice thought. But every night, like the milkman, just when the girls filed out to feast the arms and eyes of the wolves, there was Nick. Now, that was some comfort. Nothing personal, you understand, it's was also a comfort to see those other two flat feet on the job night after night. How's Ginger? Fine. How's Nick? Hey, you're four minutes late. Miss me? Oh, I'm just a taxpayer that wants to see a public servant earn his money. <laughs>
16: if the city got broke, I'd do this job for nothing. Uh-oh. Your straw boss, Marino,
14: is giving you the high side.
3: Oh, I'll go see what he wants. You wait here. It's on your mind, Marino.
14: Hey, who is that monkey hanging around you every night?
3: Well, he pays for his tickets, doesn't he? Yeah,
14: but he never uses them. Who is he?
3: My boyfriend.
14: Oh, you known him long?
3: Long enough.
14: Take care of yourself, Ginger. Don't
3: worry, Marino. I know my way around, but thanks.
14: Besides, we're not running any matrimonial bureau around here. You've got to spread yourself around a little more. Share the wealth. There's other customers
16: All in. right, all now
3: right. Now watch that, will you? All right.
16: What did, what did he want?
3: Oh, nothing. Nick, is there any news? You know, it's a month since June.
16: No, 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 no. Calm down, Redhead. Yeah,
3: that's just it. That red hair. Look, why won't you let me dye it?
16: Well, I've got my reasons.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You great, big, silent, strong (laughs) cop.
16: That's right. Those cops.
3: And then came that night. That horrible night. I was late as usual, got to the dressing room, planning to dress in no seconds flat so I could get out on the floor and be with Nick. Somehow, I felt that I was going to need him that night. Some instinct told me it was a matter of life or death.
6: It's been a whole
14: month since the last one. What I like every once in a while is a good, juicy murder. Come on, slap it up. What do you think
3: I'd pay you, girl, for anyway? Who are you looking out the door for, Ginger? Now, you
14: take that killing of the
3: There was a real juicy kill. Oh, shut up, Mom. Will you cut it out? Oh, I'm sorry, dearie. I keep forgetting you and she was so cruel. Cool. Well, that's all right. I'm jittery. Laverne, have you seen my boyfriend? Not tonight. Maybe he got bored. Billy, have you seen Nick? You know, the tall handsome. Not tonight, Redhead. I guess he's giving you the air. Come on, come on off. What am I paying you for? Come on. What? What's the matter,
14: Ginger? You look like you have seen a ghost. What are you looking for out there? What's so fascinating about the clock?
3: Marino, they're not there. Where are those two flat seats?
14: How don't you know about that? Never
3: mind that now. Where are they? Called off. Called off?
14: Yeah, that sounds screwy to me, but police headquarters figures they frightened off whoever they was looking for.
3: But that's crazy. I'm going to fall... Nah,
14: I won't do no good. I told him that anybody had wait till it cooled off before trying again. Now is when we should have protection. Well, come on, get out on the floor. Come
3: on, Ollie, out on the floor. All right, I'll be out in a second. Really, I will, Marino. burn. Yes, honey. As soon as Nick comes in, tell him to come right here. Tell him to tap on the door, will sure you? Sure enough, sugar.
14: Hey, what are you looking at me
3: like that for, Ginger? Look, Mom, I got to talk to you. I can't go out there on the floor. I'm scared. But what are you staring holes in me for? Mom, you and I were here in this room the last night Julie was alive. The night she must have been killed, remember? You poor kid. I always look like. We Julie. gotta remember. We've just got to. There was someone dancing with Julie that night. Some rumdum. Julie said something about him. I can't remember what it was she said. Oh, you mean the one that hurt her hand? That's it. That's it hurt her hand. Ben a wrist back when they were dancing. Yeah, that's the guy. She said it was almost like as if he got a kick out of hurting her. Yeah. And a squirm. Yeah, I know. What else? What else? Well, Julie called him a cement mixer. Oh, now we're getting somewhere, Mom. Yeah. Hard. Oh, he had Julie crazy dancing yeah. like a slap-happy pug. I remember her describing it. He'd take three little steps to the right as if he was getting ready for a standing broad jump. That was it? Remember how Julie said she felt like screaming for Pete's sake, if you're gonna jump, jump. Yeah, three steps to the right and if you're gonna jump... jump... Jump, jump. Hey, what are you doing, Ginger? Some detective work, Getting some clues? You know who we're talking about, Mom? The killer? Yeah. Oh! If he enjoyed hurting her like that, when she was still alive, he'd enjoy dancing with her after she was dead. Oh, he's worse than prune face. Why, that... There's someone I gotta tell this to right away. Oh, where the... Nick! See you later, Mom.
16: Hey. That was Ginger. Oh. Nick. How's Nick? You're trembling. Sure it's me. Why not?
3: I thought you were called off the case. We were. Then what are you doing here?
16: Habit. Do you mind?
3: No, you dumb ape. I don't mind. Boy, how I don't mind.
16: And uh, as long as it isn't duty anymore, do you mind if I do something to you that I've wanted to do for days? Well,
3: depends. I
16: want to take you in my arms.
3: All right. Take me in your arms and dance. Anyway, for the time being...
16: I'm a rotten dancer. You're
3: telling me. Nick. Nick, we got to talk. I just found out something about the killer that you ought to know.
16: Later. I paid Marina for all the dances to the end. We can leave whenever you want.
3: After this song, they play Dinah, and then comes the break. We can leave then.
16: What makes you so sure? Well,
3: the band always plays the song in the same order. Then they can sleep while they work i tell time by them.
6: <laughs>
3: Limehouse Blues means it's 10.45. Lady Was a Tramp means 11.15. Dinah means 11.30. Never changes except when there's a request number.
16: You know, I like everything about you.
3: I like everything about you, but you're dancing. Let up on my hand, will you? You're bending it upside down. It hurts my wrist.
16: I, uh, told you I was a rotten dancer.
3: Well, for Pete's sake, don't dance like you were priming for a standing broad jump. If you're gonna jump, jump. <sighs>
16: Not Dinah. No. Certainly isn't. It's a request number.
3: Who requested it?
16: I did. (laughs) What's the matter, baby? I look sick. I.
3: I. I. I feel just awful. I, I. I do feel sick.
16: Am I dancing that bad?
3: No, no, I just, I... Nick, I'll have to stop at the air, I guess. I'll I'm going to get a drink of water, yeah. I'll drink of water in the ladies' room.
16: Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll wait here
3: for you. Oh, just a minute. Operator. Operator. Operator, give me the police department. Homicide squad. Police department. Homicide. Right away. Homicide. Hello, Homicide. This is Ginger Allen at Joyland. The third man you assigned to our place is the... Third man? What third man? Nick Ballister, the one you assigned to protect me.
6: We have no Nick Ballister, and there was no man assigned by us to protect you.
3: It's the killer. He's taking me out with him. I don't know where to. Look, I'll leave a trail of ticket stubs. Please come quick. Ginger. Uh, uh, goodbye, uh, Katie. Uh, sorry you couldn't work tonight. I'll, I'll fix it with Marino.
16: How you feeling?
3: You Shouldn't have come in here, Nick. Didn't you see the sign?
16: All that? Men keep out, Violators subject to arrest? <laughs> Didn't say positively. Besides, they wouldn't arrest a cop.
3: Why couldn't you leave me in here alone?
16: You were gone so long, I thought something had happened.
3: Nothing's happened. Yet. Don't ask me how, but I kept up a patter while we walked All my brains were in my right hand to clutch those ticket stubs in my coat pocket I kept dropping those stubs, making sure he didn't see I tried to stay on the bright streets, but he led me to the lonely ones The one we were on now was like a graveyard, no lights, no people Suddenly I felt my blood run cold My fingers in that right-hand pocket fished around like a drowning man clutching for straws. The last ticket stub was gone. Ginger. Yes, Nick?
16: I'm, uh, I'm hungry. Would you like some chop suey?
3: Like it? Oh, I'd love it. He ate that chop suey with an appetite. Like a guy who had work to do. Work he was going to enjoy. I side-sneaked a glance at the jukebox without turning my head, you know, just my eyes. What a relief. All kinds of songs, but no poor butterfly. Nick was beginning to act nervous. He'd guzzle a cup of tea, pour another, and keep looking over his shoulder like he was worried somebody might be following us. Then he'd grin like he used to and reach over for my hand. he pressed my fingers till they hurt hard like he never pressed them before. I guess... I guess he couldn't wait... And suddenly he stood up.
16: Ask the waiter for the check, Ginger. I'm just going to wash my hands. Then it's time we left.
3: Hmm. Waiter, waiter, quick! Yes, you mean? What will it be? I'm leaving. When my boyfriend comes out, tell him you think I went back to the the, the powder room. Uh, gag, you know he's a deadbeat. I want to shake him. Maybe he don't understand. <gasps> Marino, how did you get here?
14: Mom told me, then I followed your ticket stops. He almost saw me. Come on, quick! Marino, thank
3: heaven you got here. Here we go. Marino, mm. I, I can't run anymore. I'm, I won't last a block.
14: You won't have to. There's a vacant house in the middle of the block. Here, inside, fast I think I see him coming. It's
3: all dark in here. Well, no one lives here.
14: That's why. Here, I'll light this searchlight. Yeah. There's a stairway leading upstairs. Oh. Go ahead. Now watch it. Now don't trip them yeah. stairs. It's broken.
6: Uh. Mm.
14: Now, through this door. Ooh. Here's a candle and, and a match. Okay. There. Now we can see each other. Wait.
3: Do you think we're safe?
14: We'll know in a few minutes.
3: <gasps> oh, Marino. Good job. Oh, damn,
14: Put out that candle. Now hide back there. I'll take care of him.
6: Ginger.
3: <gasps> Tim.
6: All right, oh. you act. All right. We'll see about that. Oh. <laughs> oh.
3: Who is it? Oh, Who is it? Answer me. Answer me, please.
6: Oh, Oh. 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 Oh, my God. Oh, Oh, go on. Kill me. Get it over with.
3: Oh, Oh, why did you stop the music?
14: We danced from the beginning of the record. Marino! Yeah. Yeah, Muriel. You think you could hide from me with different names and different faces? Marino!
3: Yeah. Why do you call me Muriel? What are you doing? I'm Ginger, don't you remember? I'm Ginger Allen.
14: Yeah, each time you tell me a different name, Muriel, that you can't get away by changing names. Marino! Ooh, the first time you changed your name was when you married me before I left for Europe with that operetta company. You remember? You all got to play poor butterfly oh. when you promised to love me forever. Help me! <laughs>
3: Somebody help yeah, me. Well, the next time you changed uh, your name
14: was when you thought I was dead. Lived on my insurance and married another man. Oh,
3: please.
14: No matter how many times please. you change your name, Uriel, I'll find oh.
3: you. <laughs> no, not me. You yeah. killed her. You killed her, Marino, again and again. You only killed her last month, yeah,
14: Marino. Next time I think I have, she rises again. This time I'm going to kill you and your lover. No. This is the last time. Oh, Nick. Ah. And now ah, <laughs> we dance. Now we did.
6: Never he is dying. The road you were on tonight.
3: Yeah,
16: but now he's dead. And then you. You
3: just must die. How's Ginger? Oh, Nick. Oh, Nick. I thought he killed you.
16: I got an awfully hard head. The police will be here in just a minute.
3: Oh, Nick. How do you fit into this? Headquarters never heard of you.
16: They were instructed to say that in case you called.
3: Well, what was the idea? scaring me to death. Well,
16: I figured Marina would follow Ginger and her boyfriend once he thought the police were off the case, and when he did, I had to have you thinking I was the killer, so you'd run off with him willingly.
15: Why, you no good... It
16: was the only way to find his hideout and the evidence we need. The phonograph, the record, and the attempted murder.
3: At my expense, you big piece of... Uh, another thing. How'd you know about dancing like a broad jumper and turning up my wrist?
16: Oh, I listened outside the door to you and Mom talking about that in the dressing room tonight.
3: Oh.
16: Gave me a couple of neat pointers. Yeah. I put them together with poor Butterfly, so I could scare the daylights out of you. Oh,
3: you did, too. I ought to ring your... I'll oh, calm down. <laughs> no
16: wife of mine is going to have a red of temper.
3: Wife of yours? You'll do anything to learn how to dance, won't you? <laughs>
16: yeah, it looks that way.
3: No wonder you didn't want me to dye my hair. You wanted that nice, premature gray color. <laughs>
15: And so closes Dime a Dance, presented by Roma Wines, and starring Lucille Ball. Tonight's tale of. Suspense.
1: In just a moment, we'll hear again from Miss Ball. First, though, let's visit a glamorous casino somewhere on the sunny Caribbean. Smartly dressed people stroll about the gardens. The strains of a Cuban song float out. Two men watch from a table on the terrace. One is a Cuban. The other are North American. One is about to propose a toast. To your beautiful country, Jose. I drink to that. Now I
10: propose a toast. To this wine in which we drink our toast. It comes from North America,
1: from California. Its name is Roma. Only a few places in the world produce wines so fine that many countries enjoy them. And among these enjoyable wines are Roma wines. For they come from vineyard districts that are among the finest in the world our own sunny California. What better testimonial to the quality of Roma wines could you ask than the fact that Roma wines are made in California for the enjoyment of the world? There is a fine Roma wine for you, whether your taste calls for a sherry, a burgundy, or sauternes. And no matter what type of Roma wine you buy, you know you're receiving a truly fine wine at a price made possible because Roma wines are the overwhelming favorite of Americans. America's largest selling wines. Ask your dealer to show you his assortment of Roma wines tomorrow and choose your favorite. Roma. R-O-M-A. Roma Wines. Made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. Remember, this is the year of decision. And that means that this year, more than ever before, we should all buy more and even more war bonds and stamps.
3: This is Lucille Ball. It's been a great pleasure to appear on Suspense this evening. Next week, I know you want to be listening, as I certainly will, to a very wonderful actor, Mr. Paul Lucas, who will appear in a suspense play called A World of Darkness.
15: Thank you, Miss Ball. Lucille Ball appeared tonight through the courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of Madame Curie. Don't forget, then, next Thursday, same time, for Paul Lucas
1: in... <laughs> Suspense, presented by Roma Wine, R-O-M-A, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. Columbia Broadcasting System. Don't throw away your old computer. Make it come alive with Linux, the free operating system. Linux revives old computers and makes new ones as fast as lightning. There are hundreds of Linux versions packed with all the free software you'll ever need. Linux is easy to download and you can try it out before you install. You can run it alongside Windows for comparison.
0: Take time to learn about Linux. L-I-N-U-X. The free open source operating system. I hope you are enjoying Audio Antiques, our golden age radio podcast. If you are, why not subscribe and tell your friends? For more information about our shows and sponsors, check out krobcollection.com. Our music is by H-Beats. That's H-Beats with a Z. I'm Ken Robinson. Thanks so much for listening.